When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fit that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the latest episode of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com today and check out Crosby Spencer's fascinating article, Sprint Speed Impacts on Hitting. Crosby has his own way of researching so you can get fresh new data to help your baseball team in 2021 and beyond. All at rotofanatic.com. It's episode 99, the end of the millennia edition. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they break down fantasy baseball on a Friday night. Will there be a no-hitter in progress, just like the last episode with Alex Fast? You'll just have to listen to find out. Today's show keeps it real simple. Who could be the next Miguel Sano sitting on your waiver wire right now? We'll give you the catch of the day, update you on the Palazzo Podcast Invitational Standings, Deary and Gauvier suck, and a whole lot more. This one's going to be a doozy, so make sure you're strapped in, locked and loaded for all the fantasy baseball action. Take it away, boys! You are officially clear to talk with us about baseball or anything else that comes to mind on the head! Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com and check out all the cool shit we got going on, especially on the weekend. It's Friday night. That means Saturday we got schedule factors with Crosby Spencer, which are awesome for the coming week. It comes out every Saturday. It helps you. And then 
Closing Remarks by Mr. Dr. Mike Carter. Follow him on Twitter and read his bullpen article. Closing Remarks. Get it? Closers? Bullpen? Closing? Ha ha ha. And of course, the infirmary report from Dave Funnel comes out, tells you everything you will need to know about every damn injury there is in the business. I am MJ Govier, GOV is in Victor IER on Twitter, of course, with my fellow wonderful co-host, Christopher Deary, C. Deary1999. Deary, it's Friday night. Uh, what's on tab? What's cooking? Yeah, what's going on, man? Get out on the town. It's nice Friday, 86 degrees here in Ann Arbor, and I'm in my air-conditioned basement. Fuck feeling, me, running. Be, feeling very, very comfortable. So uh, it, it's it's gorgeous out. Uh, pull the TVs outside. Maybe watch some baseball outside this weekend. And hopefully what? some of you are getting down to some baseball games here soon. You're going to watch TV outside? What is this, college? Uh, mate, why not, man? I did it last last fall. We did it like a couple Sundays in a row. We, uh, oh, you put well, them on the deck. Yeah, we put it out on the deck. It's some people over socially distanced outside. But uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Go okay, outside. Well, why shit. Not? <laughs> this is the Palazzo Podcast. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palaco. Palaco. The Polanco, Polanco podcast. podcast. Who's the your Polanco, favorite? The Jorge Polanco. Podcast. Who's your favorite Polanco? Uh, it's got to be Jorge. I love Jorge. But this is the Palazzo podcast. Wait, wait, two wait, L's, wait, 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 two wait. Z's. Utah. That's your Give favorite Polanco ever? We're not going to get yeah. love for uh I love Placidas. Yeah, I like Placidas, Placidas Polanco, Placidas but I love Jorge Polanco. Well, uh, Placido. <laughs> wait, did I say Placidas? <laughs> Who's Placidus Polanco? Placidus Polanco? Is, it, is he like a singer? <laughs> uh, Placido I, Domingo. I, Placido was it? Domingo. The there tenors, he is, yeah. <laughs> Something he like probably that. knows uh, Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's it Enrico Palazzo. Buddies. It could be buddies. Hey, I'm sorry, Mr. Polanco, that I called you Placidus. <laughs> that was dumb. He's a former player, though, of Tony La Russa's. Uh, Tony La Russa... Yeah, I'm done with booed. Him. You're down with that? Oh, he he got booed today. Well, it's he's at Yankee Stadium. It's easy he, to get booed at Yankee Stadium. He should get booed at home. He should get booed everywhere. I completely agree. You're right about that. Uh, the way he handled the Your Mind Mercedes business is old school loser talk. A guy who's completely out of touch with reality. And since he's won three titles and managed and been in baseball for forty plus years, he thinks he knows more than everybody else. But that's not. How you connect the dots with a team that is growing. But maybe they're going the old-fashioned route here. He wants everybody to hate them so they play even better. It's worked before on teams. Yeah, you can't throw guys under the bus like that. If you want to have a conversation with Yerman on swinging at a 3-0 pitch that he puts out of the park, have those behind closed doors. You don't throw him under the bus in front of everybody. And then he, like, continued to pile on when, like, other players were sticking up for Yerman. So uh, we'll see how this lasts. I thought it was just a kind of ridiculous hire in the offseason anyways. The guy's way too old and way too old school for a team that's rebuilding and is going to be really, really good for over the next decade. So we'll, we'll see if he makes it through, uh, you know, this year, maybe next year. Oh boy, Tony LaRusso, buzzkill. Thanks a lot, Tony, for ruining our lives. But we had a great week so far. We had Alex Fast on Wednesday. If you missed that episode, it was really cool. Alex Fast, not only is he fast company, but he's a sweet, cool dude who loves to talk Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. You keep saying Spielberg. This is great. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Spielberg movies. The career that has gone off the rails, apparently. He also likes talking about 
baseball. We talked John Gray. We had a live no-hitter in progress on Wednesday when Corey Kluber threw the no-no while we recorded the show. So go check that one out. It's on the YouTube channel, so you can watch it if you want to see us. Faces, animation, how we look when we say words. Or you can listen to the podcast version, which has extras because you can't play the music that you would play on the podcast on the YouTube feed because YouTube gets pissed. So if you like a little bit more music in your pod, check out the podcast version. It's good times. Yeah, that was a great time with Alex the other night. What a what a great gentleman he was on the pod. That was a good one, man. We went two hours and had a fantastic time. That is so fetch. Did we uh, did you listen to the podcast episode with him or no? I don't assume you would probably because you lived it. No need to relive it. No, I didn't. Usually my wife will listen a couple days later and like when she's getting ready. Um, but now she has this new job. So she's leaving work for work at like 730 in the morning and I'm still sleeping. So I don't know when she's going to listen to these podcasts now. Well, I added the music that he talked about in our Inquisition. Oh. And it was interesting. This <laughs> Jacob Collier guy that he mentioned, I put okay. it under the music bed of the Enrico's Inquisition. He's pretty good. He's a singular guy who does it all. You know, he plays the piano and the bass and sings and drums. And he's got this face that looks like a teenager. But the voice comes out is ridiculous. If what? you've never heard Jacob Collier, please check it out. Hey, Jasper Springer's here. What's up, buddy? He's back. Good to see ya. Jasper missed Collier. last show because he had to go to bed early, which I understand. Is this also, uh, Jason Collier's brother? <laughs> no, Jacob Collier. Yeah, Jacob Collier. Oh, my Jason God. Collier's he looks brother. like a child. I know, but this voice goes out like. <laughs> it's crazy. Just check it out, everybody. Jazz it's weird. It's so weird. Jazz pop and R&B vocalist and multi-instrumentalist from north london 26 he looks like he's 11 yes and he sounds like gerard levert it's really <laughs> weird. Uh, uh, welcome zimenez here i don't know how you say that as uh, x-i-m-e-n-s x-men-s x-men-s and either way oh welcome from twitch we don't have many viewers on twitch so it's good to have at least one but yeah, check it out. It's cool. The other one he mentioned was Black Midi, M-I-D-I. Right. Yeah. They were really kind of wild and a little more mathy kind of rocket. It's not math rock at all, though. It's just very technical. It's pretty cool. So what is, thank what you, is, Alex. What is, what is math rock? Come on, you don't know what math rock is? No. Oh. Really? Ooh. Oh, who, name me a math rock band that I would know. I don't know any of them, but I do know it's a <laughs> subgenre. Okay. I don't. I'm not a math rock guy. Cool. Like, but it's basically like. It's technical, like rock. Usually, it's like metal, boring, bordering on technical metal slash rock that is very mathy because of the way it's so specifically timed and the it's all like, like schoolhouse rock stuff. Yeah, yeah, math rock. No, math rock is a Wikipedia page, by the way. It's a style of progressive and indie rock. With roots in bands such as King Crimson and Rush. Yeah, Rush, exactly. Oh, that's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just progressive, right? Well, Prom. yeah, but it's like nerdy. It's very technical. Yeah. Technical is the key part. But okay. according to Wikipedia, it says it's characterized by complex, atypical rhythmic structures. Oh, so okay. It's not going to be, and if you know music at all out there, everybody, it's not going to be like four, four time. It's going to be different time signatures and it's going to be sense. a lot more complex. So. Gotcha. And shit can happen to you and your man, trust me. And right now, when it comes to the Palazzo Podcast standings of the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, 
Doesn't look great for us, dude. I'll tell you, but <laughs> it's it's sad. Hey, you you're on a podcast. You should be in first place. I'm sick of getting that from people. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in twelfth uh, in my or yeah, twelfth in my own league right now. And overall, the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, I am forty four. Christopher Deary is still at fifty six. Okay, you're still there. Pa- Paulo and I have been bringing up the back rear, like the back four to five spots all year long. It's just, it's been a, it's been an absolute mess, and it's been the same guys at the top. Russell Withers is up to second in, in uh, the league, which is looking really, really nice here. What a mess! Number one overall, still Richard Sands. Still Sands. Yeah, he's been holding that down for over a month now. All right, my guy Mark, Stully is yeah, number keep. two. Stully does his own show. The Fantasy Insiders is awesome. I was on it earlier this year. Check that out. But yeah, there you go. Right. Mike Rain. Mike Rain's in seventh in our league. Twenty seventh overall. Not a bad showing, Mike. Still in yeah, it. The per- <laughs> Zach Waxman, draft champions, top six, along with John Beck, Brian Buffamonte, Andrew Poplin, and Dave Sawa. I wonder if he's related to Devin Sawa. Probably not because it's not the same last name. But at least Russell Withers, our guy, beat to quarters, makes the best Palazzo podcast gifts in the business, is in the top 10 at 8th overall. Well done, Russell. That's cool. And Mark Kiefer at 9. And Marshall Witzberger. Marshall, we haven't heard much from you. If you're out there, you're in the top 10 right now. Congratulations. Some fantastic names. And then you look at 56th place, Chris Deary. Christopher Deary. Yeah. All capital letters. Feel bad for Steve Paulo being a dead last. Uh, <laughs> I know. You know I, I, I got to tweet Steve. And be like, well, at least I'm ahead of you. <laughs> if there's a there's total points, so it's like a gaining percentage overall. Right now, the first guy overall, Richard Sands, he's got 493 overall points. Steve Paulo has 76 points. Ouch! Oh man, that's a lot of ground to make up. <laughs> that's. Let's, let's look at it. I'm sorry. I don't want to put the spotlight on you, Steve, but I want to take a look at his team real quick. Uh, Austin Allen, Dalton Dar- Dalton Varsho. Hey, Varsho. Mm, Pete Alonzo just went on the IL. Dylan Moore also went on the IL. Classic. Fernando Tatis. Yeah, Fernando Tatis has struggled. Uh, there's a lot of bad here. Kevin Biggio's been a disaster. David Dahl's been a bummer. Jeff McNeil's dead. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why this has gone bad, man. Sorry, Steve. All right, we'll move on. Steve, I'm not trying to, like... I'm not trying to call you out here. I'm just keeping it real. This is what's happening. Yeah. So I got I got injuries all around on my team. So and there's some bad some mistakes were made. Mistakes happen. Someone had to finish them last. Work sucks. Pay the bills. Made it tonight. Got to do it again tomorrow. Half day. All right, Jasper. Yeah. That's what Jasper's saying. (laughs) And you can always comment on the live stream. Of course. M Dotson seventeen says one of the guys from Death Grips is in math rock band. No shit. I don't even know what that means. Uh, enlighten us further, Mr. Dodson. We got Dodson here. This is Michael Dodson, I think, who started following us recently on Twitter. Thank you, Mr. Dodson. Very cool. What did you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? <laughs> All right. Not so, enough. Today's show, we're going to talk about, it's going to be a real simple show. We'll do the return of the Mac. There's players coming back. Brendan Rodgers off the IL, starting. We'll do a would you rather rest of season. So we've done this once before last month. We're bringing it back. It's basically this guy or that guy. Would you rather have one or the other rest of season? And who is the next Miguel Sano? Sounds like the game show similar to name that runner up fab bit. But Miguel Sano, if you haven't been paying attention, has absolutely exploded this week with like a shitload of home runs. And I'm pretty sure 
if you looked around, his ownership percentage was in the dumper. So a lot of us, I picked him up in my home league. He was readily readily available. So I believe he'll, he'll 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 do this. He's one of the streakiest guys I have ever seen. He'll put up six, seven home runs in a week, and then not do anything for a month. You'll drop him, and then he'll hit six, seven home runs for somebody else. Well, when he hit the head, three home runs in one game, he had the three homer game on May 18th a few days ago. That yep. was an instant light bulb moment for me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick him up wherever I can right now because I know there's more home runs coming. And then yesterday, he hit another home run with four ribbies. So he's obviously going to be on that tear for a while. He had three home runs coming into the week. Now he has seven. Amazing. Still, I know uh, Dave it's- from Rotosaurus <laughs> doesn't like him. He says he's got a bad attitude. So maybe that's I don't care about. Doing. I don't care about a lot of guys have bad attitudes on my team, but it's whether or not they can produce or not. And Miguel Sano here and there can certainly produce. For, he can win you a week. I mean, in, in head-to-head leagues, he can win you a week by putting together those three, four home run weeks with like 15 RBIs. It's just, you know, are you playing with strikeouts? Because he's going to strike out every other time up the bat. <laughs> yeah, well, and I definitely and then, pick him up in a strikeout league. And then he'll get hurt. All right, so play the Belvedere music here. Do a little housekeeping as we always do on the Hey, the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My guy Patrick Ryan, who let us do the only so far podcast about his league. We did a draft. I did a draft league podcast for him, the Molson Triple X League that he does with his buddies, which was a lot of fun. And if anybody wants that to be done by us, by me, by anybody, we're still willing to take on additional opportunities. If you want to have like a podcast about your league, whether it's an update or a quarter of the way through season or whether it was a draft, we're happy to do that kind of stuff. It's always cool to try to do new things. So hit us up, you know, Twitter, Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast and ProtonMail.com. Always down for the entertainment value of this show and with your league. But Patrick Ryan said he had a horror story, and it got me thinking about bad beats, right? We call them bad beats in gambling, but in head-to-head leagues, there's a lot of bummers that happen, right? I'm, Deary, think of all the times where you've lost on a Sunday night because of Sunday night baseball, somebody gave up a home run or somebody hit a home run against you, costing you the week. I've lost on Mondays when they, like, readjust some of the statistics. And they're like, no, that was not a hit. That was an error. And, oh, I ended up losing the week. But it always seems to come down to that Sunday night game. But head-to-head leagues, absolute nightmare. I love them more than Roto Leagues. But, I mean, my keeper league, I'm in 12th place. If it was a Roto League, I was crunching some numbers today, I'd be in fifth. <laughs> That's Them's the breaks when it comes to head-to-head. And Patrick kind of got this good idea going. So I think we should start sharing our head-to-head disaster stories. I don't know what we'll call them. I was thinking head-to-head horror stories is a good start. If you have one, if you have any, if you have many, please share them on the show. Hit us up, DM us on Twitter, Plaza Podcast, or MJ Govier or CDeary1999. We'd love to hear about them. And then we'll talk about them on the show. We'll try to get to a sense of catharsis after the pain because we all know what that experience is like. Trust us. If you've ever played head-to-head, you've been fucked before. <laughs> so check that out if you have an idea. We would, I think it would be cool to get that going. I don't know what we'll call it yet, but if you all have ideas, please let us know. We can turn and, the lights down low and get a candle going, get some spooky voices. Coming this summer. Somebody thought they were going to win their week. And then it happened. Their whip imploded. Something like that? That's perfect. Yay! 
So please share your ideas. And we're still taking ideas for the giant big ass trophy that definitely me and Deary will not be winning, but <laughs> someone's gonna win it. Richard Sands, Russell Withers, one of you guys are going to take the overall championship in the Plaza Invitational, and we're still accepting ideas for the next at least six weeks or so. So please, send them in. Let's go. Let's get creative, you guys. We're lacking, and we need more ideas. Especially those that are in the race right now and certainly have a chance to win it. You have a chance to design your own trophy. That's never been heard of ever in the history of trophies. You know, you're in Little League, and you get your little participation trophy, and you just throw that in the back of Mom's minivan, and you never see it again. Mm -hmm. You have a chance to create something really special here, so let's get some ideas out there, gang. Please and thank you. I completely agree with Deary on that one. And I want to say Bryce Weiler. Bryce Weiler is a cool dude. He's coming on the First Day Pod, which is a mental health podcast I do every Sunday night with my lovely Canadian girlfriend, Leanne. Hello. And he works with the Orioles to help improve access and overall improve standards, I guess, for people with disabilities. Bryce is blind himself, but he's also done radio play-by-play -play and like online play-by-play, -play. a lot of cool stuff. He loves baseball, but he loves to help people out too. So follow Bryce at Bryce Weiler, B-R-Y-C-E-W-E-I-L-E-R. -E -E he's a good guy, seems to be doing cool things, and I'll learn more about him next Sunday. And then John Russell. Follow John Russell on Twitter at John Russell, J-O-H-N, Russell, two S's, two L's, 215. John Russell, 215. He started doing weekly check-in draft, not draft, weekly videos for his uh, league. So he sent me one last week, and I thought it was really cool. He basically does like a 20-minute breakdown of the week to come, setting up matchups, predicting who's going to win, who's going to lose. Obviously, it's head-to-head. And it's a great idea. And I think he's going to find a niche with this thing. He asked me, don't you think it's a good idea? I said, it's a great idea. What do you think, Deary? I think it's sweet. I mean, enough people in your own league. I mean, if let's say you're in a 14-team league, everyone in that league is going to watch it and watch with, you know, unbelievable excitement. If you make it entertaining enough, it'll catch on and other people will, will, will get into it and people start doing their own. I think it's a really cool idea because, I mean, in this whole world of podcasting and, and videos and streaming and Twitch and TikTok, you got you to be first to it. And you got to find something new to do. So that's a really fantastic idea. I dig it. Yes, please. Follow John Russell, 215. The people in his league love what he's doing. And I'm sure that other people would love to have videos made about their leagues. Upcoming games, showdowns, shit talking. He's really creative, so follow John. He's a good dude. He's a good American. I think he's American. All right, so that's plenty of the housekeeping details for What's now. What's his name, uh, John Russell? That's a very American name. It does, right? It's not either that or English. It's the only thing it could be. All right, let's get into leading up. Today in Leading Off, it's real simple. We'll get going with our catch of the day here. And when it comes to the catch of the day, it can always be a lot of different things. You never quite know what it will be necessarily. But I guarantee you it'll be something of use because it's going to be somebody who's in the news related to fantasy baseball. And I don't remember where I moved catch of the day to. Where is it now? So This is great podcast, and you guys are probably loving this. Real professional. Real professional, right? What are you talking about? Where you moved it to? Yeah. Well, oh, oh, your oh, your drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you, in the roadcaster. I think I, you got rid of it because you uh you didn't have it last episode either, and you, you no, but I, no, I brought it back. Oh, there it is. See, it was right there the whole time. I just moved it to a different button. That's all. Nah. Stand by. Good. Our first catch of the day. All of that for that. Thank God we got that done. Boo. 
So Willie Adamas was traded from the Rays to the Brewer crew. Willie Adamas actually was having a pretty good week if you check the stats. He's not a terrible player by any means. He's actually quite solid. And I assume he's mostly rostered in the world of fantasy baseball when at least comes to 12-team leagues and higher. But now he's with the Brew Crew in Miller Park. Although he is hitting 197, he's got a little bit of pop, five home runs, only one steal. But his, like I said, his last five games before yesterday or Wednesday's game, he had a hit and he hit a home run on Sunday, a couple RBI. So he's not totally awful by any means. What do you make of this? Willie Adamas in Miller Park. Are you excited? I mean, it's a good move for the Brewers. They haven't had anything at shortstop all year. They've tried out, you know, three or four different guys there. So he's going to be able to slot in. He's a really good defensive player. He's above average, you know, defensive shortstop. And, you know, like you said, he's got a little bit of pop. He probably should be able to be batting, you know, 250, 260. I know he's off to a really slow start. Obviously, the big talk all around Twitter was like, okay, Adamas is gone. This means Wander Franco is coming up. That was not the case. Wander Franco was not the guy who was brought up. Um, Seems like right now what they're going to be doing is waiting for Wander Franco. They're going to probably give him another month or so. But it's kind of a log jam right now. I I think getting rid of Adamas opens up a little bit of space, but they're going to be able to put Joey Wendell over at shortstop. Yandy Diaz will probably get a majority of the time at third. You know, he's more of a veteran. He's got a little bit of power and he's had a pretty good season. You still got Brandon Lowe over at second. And if G-Man Choi is healthy, you know, you, you slot him at, over at first against righties. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's not Wander time yet. It's not Bruhan time yet. But that stuff's, okay, coming. That. that stuff's coming very, very soon. But when it wasn't either of those guys being called up first, it looks like, what was his name, Walls? Yes, Tyler Walls. Tyler Walls was brought up, which I was not aware of this Tyler Walls and I actually went in and kind of was looking at some of his statistics. The guy's a good player. He's, he's put up some really good minor league seasons and he's only 24 years old as well. So it's amazing how these, the Rays do it with all this just young talent that they can just bring up just like this here, trade a veteran and bring up a young guy. I wish, uh, you know, our hometown town team had the, the luxury to do something like this. So in terms of fantasy, I mean, it's not going to do much. I mean, sure. You maybe have Willie Adamas on your team. If you have a deep roster, um, maybe in Miller park, maybe it comes around a little bit. I, he's probably going to slot near the end of that order. Um, and we'll we'll see. I mean, Walls is probably going to come off the bench uh, for them, so I don't know if there's much you know fantasy value in that right now either. Is that scary? Yeah, I'm I'm terrified. Good. Okay. Chaz samples with us. Chaz is our Alaskan guru. He's a he's our official Alaskan fantasy baseball reporter. Anything that's going on related to fantasy baseball in Alaska, Chaz has us filled in. Chaz wants to know, is there a chance for, say it with me now, folks, Vidal Brujan. That's right. It's not Brujan or Brujan. 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 Vidal Brujan to get called up soon by the Rays. And I think there's a great chance that's happening very soon. I am considering in 15 team leagues even about putting in a bid for him this weekend. What do you Mm -hmm. think of that, Deary? Oh, I think I think he's going to be the, the the biggest fab bids over the next week because there's just a lot of talk of him coming up. He's started off really really well down at AAA for Tampa. I mean, he's got um, 15 runs scored, seven stolen bases, six home runs, and only 70 plate appearances, 333 average. And the Rays are starting to play pretty good baseball right now. And with the Red Sox, you know, getting quick out of the gate, you know, the rate the Rays are going to have to start bringing up some of these studs to get that offense going. Uh, obviously, Tyler Glasnow has been really, really good, uh, you know, as 
for that pitching staff. But if they're going to compete in the East, it may be time to bring some of these kids up that are going to be able to add value. Wander Franco's been able to have a pretty good start as well, having uh, some power down in AAA as well. So, I mean, this AAA team for for the uh, for, for the Rays, it, it's it's Durham, isn't it? Durham you know, Bulls. Like, That's yeah, right. It's the Triple A Durham Bulls. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, it is the Durham Bulls. Uh they got some they got a lot of talent down there. Bruhan is I I mean, what do you think, Mike? You said you're gonna put in some fab bids here. I mean, you see him up in the next couple of weeks. Yes, I definitely see him coming up soon, probably before Wander Franco comes up. That's something you can lock in. I feel very confident in that. And actually, Willie Adamas's value. Compared to Vidal Bruhan's value in terms of roster ability is quite surprising. In Yahoo, at least, 9% owned overall. 9% for Willie Adamas. 16% for Bruhan. So people are people already are on the Bruhan train, at least on Yahoo. Yeah, I just I just want to know where these guys are going to play. Is it going to take another trade or another injury for, you know, at least both of them to be able to play? Joey Wendell's having a really, really nice season. Brandon Lau, the batting average isn't there, but, you know, he has power. And obviously there's a reason that he won that second base job. I, I just got to figure out where these guys are going to play. Obviously, first base seems like a place where maybe they need to shift some guys around um, and move people over there. Yandy Diaz is a guy who could play first base on occasion because uh, G-Man Choi is only going to play against righties, and he may be able to DH here and there when uh, Austin Meadows isn't DHing. So I'm just really interested to see where Bruhan and Franco play. But, like, these guys are ready. I'm, like, so – like, I'm, I'm chopping at the bit for these guys to come up because I'm really excited to put in some bids in leagues where they are not owned yet. Well, I'd love to tell you more about it, but... Why should I tell you? Maybe this will help. I still don't think I should tell you. Can you spot me a 20? How about now? All right, I'm going down to Ludwig's office. I'll find out if you're telling the truth. Ludwig's office. Yeah, we're heading down to Ludwig's office to find out the truth about this, but we will figure it out. I want to go back to a quick point here from Chad Sample, who asked about Vidal Bruhan. Great call. Pick up Vidal Bruhan. He's going to be up soon. I know it, and I wish I had a little bit more shares of him. But he says, Carlos Rodon is a monster in all capital letters. Yeah! Got 13 strikeouts tonight against the Yankees. Another incredible outing Holy from Carlos shit. Rodon. And it's so. a one, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's a one-run game in the eighth. Oh, they pulled them. Kopech is in now. Unbelievable. Still, it, Anybody who was like, well, parachute out on Rodon, no you way. might want to slow your roll. He's still playing great. However, the innings are going to catch up sooner or later because he hasn't pitched a lot of innings in recent yeah. years. I'm just the same thing we talked about with Alex on the last episode, man. Mm -hmm. I am concerned about that. So I think selling Rodon now after a start like this when he's so good, I would not have a problem with that. And I think you should seriously consider it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last uh last episode when we had Mr. Fast on, it's just like, how many innings are we going to get out of this guy? He hasn't pitched over 120 innings since 2018. And there was exactly 120 innings then 165 innings back in 2016. That was five years ago. I mean, <laughs> in the last three years, he's pitched, you know, if you add in this year, barely 70 innings. So, I mean, he's been absolutely unbelievable. And I think, I truly think you can get a solid, like, Number two, number three pitcher back with a hitter as well right now. I mean, the K per nine, 12.03. Wow. That's unbelievable. Like, he's never done that. So he's certainly he has certainly figured something out. Uh, this is a big night for me tonight, gents. I, uh, I have an important announcement to make. 
That's right. We've got big news tonight. And that is you should pick up Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson is my other catch of the day. He's going to be playing first base, probably on the reg for now. And yep. if his bat's in the lineup every day, I don't care if it's a catcher. I don't care where it is. You're going to want to pick his ass up. So this is a quick note to get on the waiver wire. Pick him up. He was in the three-hole tonight, Chris. Three-hole in a lineup that is, even with all the injuries they have, Moustakis, et cetera, still a great lineup. And I think having that catcher designation is news newsworthy to me. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago um, when I was just when uh, Joey Votto went down. I was like, is there any chance that Tyler Stevenson could play first base? Because he was getting in on a lot of games to pinch hit. He was batting like 330, 340 at that time. And when Votto went down, I'm like, is there an opportunity for this guy to play first base? He's done it before. And he's I think two out of the last three games he's been able to play uh, first base. And the fact that yeah. he bats third especially tonight like that's unreal i mean eugenio suarez has been moved down in the order a little bit he's having an absolutely awful season but he's gonna be batting behind jesse winker and nick castellanos both are having phenomenal seasons he's gonna have a ton of rbi opportunities i'm excited for stevenson so i think this is a fantastic pickup coming into this week you sure about that yeah i'm into it wow what about tyler naquin would you rather have him or tyler stevenson What's Naquin doing now? Is he is he still putting it together? Yeah, he hit a, a home run tonight. I'm just kidding. I would still. Week. I don't think they're comparable. It's not a fair comparison. I, that's I, good I, stuff. Yeah, I hate comparing guys that play completely different positions as well. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Once again, cannot thank everybody enough for being here. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. We're live. You can ask us questions on the live stream, and we're covering fantasy baseball business right now if you listen to the podcast you got that music flowing mark morrison's jamming it out return of the mac i called it on the show i didn't call it today exactly but i said brendan rogers was on his way up alex fast said well that sounds like a real mess i don't want anything to do with that However, Brandon Rodgers comes off the IL today, and the Rockies put him immediately in the starting lineup. Tours. Pretty good news. I'm Great excited. Call. Great call. It's time. But, it's time. He's played second base tonight. It's it's time for him to be batting sixth or seventh and seventh in this order. He's over one though. Season's over. Yeah, drop him. <laughs> he the Rockies are up five nothing though, and he was not a part of that. The question is, who's the odd person out? If he's going to be starting at second base, I think people are going to be concerned about Mr. Garrett Hampson. Am I right? Well, I think Hampson, did Hampson start tonight or no? He did. He started in center field. Started in center field. Well, we mm -hmm. talked about Tapia possibly being one of the guys that is, that is out. He's leading off. He's one for two with two. So who's out? Oh, Fuente, like oh Fuentes sat today. Uh, uh -oh. Connor Joe didn't play today. Well, yeah, but I'm think, thinking about the the positions that Rogers plays. He, second base, he could play third, right? Uh, I guess short, maybe. I don't think so. He's uh, too injured. I don't think he has a range. Well, but it's going to be between base. McMahon, Rogers, and and Fuentes here between second and third base. I'm not sure if Fuentes can play second base. He's he's been at third. No. But they moved. I mean, Fuentes just had this amazing week last week. Is that something that's going to last? Like he's put up some pretty solid numbers, but most of it is. The fact that he had like four home runs and 13 RBIs in a week. And then it's good to see that Rodgers comes back and Fuentes is, you know, 
to the bench immediately, which makes anyone who did pick up Josh Fuentes, including myself and my TGFBI league, a little nervous. Ooh, fear, fear. So that's good news. We already talked about Vidal Brujan. I think he's going to get called up soon. That's my pick. I'm locking it in. Strasburg is back. Steven Strasburg has been activated off the IL, and he's going to be ready to roll with the first start since oh, he, he went yeah, on he the started, IL. He started tonight. How do you do? You want to know the truth? Uh, I want to know the truth, damn it. Oh, they're Five up three, and a third, three, four Ks, no runs given up, and the Nats oh. are up on the Orioles three to nothing in the eighth inning. A flawless mm. performance. Solid. Great news. If he's healthy, this is party time. I know it's just one start against the Orioles. He didn't have a ton of strikeouts, but he didn't give up any runs. And if he's feeling fresh and ready to go, you got to get yourself some Steven Strasburg. I would actually consider acquiring him if you want to take a risk. It might already have been too late. You probably should have done it before he came back because that's the most lowest point to buy at. But I would still take a chance. I think if the injuries are passed... He's ready to go, but someone's going to creep in here any second and say, oh, Steven Strasburg, he's getting hurt. <laughs> when he's healthy, he's one of the most consistent pitchers you're going to get in the league. You know what you're getting out of him. It's just when is that injury bug going to hit him? That is always the big mystery, and I understand it's a problem. So, hey, Steven Strasburg, good times are coming. I'm getting excited. I'm getting very excited for him. And then, of course, Santander. The guy he went against. He probably struck him out in this game. It's possible. Anthony Santander is back tonight with the Orioles. So if you were looking for him, congratulations. I'm not a big fan of Santander. I think he's a little overhyped, and I would probably consider moving on from him entirely, but that's just me. I don't have any shares of him. I didn't draft him anywhere. Yeah, he did come back, and uh, they slotted him into the cleanup hole right away, which is which is nice considering like Trey Mancini is having an insane week right now. Uh, so he's going to have that, those, those RBI opportunities when Mancini's on the base. But the problem is Mancini's putting out of the park. I think he has three home runs this week and like 10 RBIs. Wow. Go Tigers. Miguel Cabrera hit his 100, 190th, 490th home run tonight. So that's good news. He's 10 away from 500, and he's going to get there this year. There's no yeah. reason why that wouldn't happen. In September. Yay! Woohoo! It'll, it'll, uh, it'll happen. Anybody else coming up or uh, on the men that you're excited about? Otherwise, we'll close out Return of the Mac. I think that's about it. Style. Yeah, I think that's about it. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Hey, It's Rico Palazzo of Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Don't forget, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. RotoFanatic.com. We got some great work coming up here. In fact, Crosby Spencer did this article about sprint speed that I find to be incredibly fascinating. If you're into legitimate information that's going to help you. It's called Sprint Speed Impacts on Hitting. And Crosby, I can attest to this. He puts in as much work as anybody else out there does. So I really want to push this article. The methodology is real simple. I'll just read this real quick. To discover the impact of sprint speed on a player's statistical output, I took every competitive batted ball event in the StatCast era, which is since 2015, and categorized them by ground balls, line drives, fly balls, and pop-ups. All home runs and sacrifice bunts were removed as they were neither in play or competitive. So this is a very, very detailed <laughs> breakdown. And the end result, I think, is really intriguing. If you're looking to get an edge in your league, you got to check out this article. It's a long read, but it's got a lot of charts mixed in that he's worked on. I want you guys to take some time and go to rotafanatic.com and read Crosby Spencer's latest article on sprint speed. <laughs> 
It'd be a good time. I like that little rooster chicken noise you get out there. It'd be running. Turkey. Turkey. Or it could be like Job. Rotofanatic.com, where the chickens come home to roost. All right, it's time for Would You Rather Rest of Season Edition. We give you two players, and we're just going to break it down. We'll decide who we'd rather have rest of season from today, May 21st, 2021. The first one on the docket is Kevin Biggio or... Now, let's pretend like we're teenagers, too, and it's like, you know, we're playing Seven Minutes of Heaven and Truth or Dare. So it's that same, you know, would you rather? Would you rather make out with Kevin Biggio or Vic? No, Victor Robles. Kevin Biggio or Victor Robles. I'd make out with either one of them, to be honest with you. But in terms of their rest of season value, I think it's a little more complicated. In fact... It got Vigio's much on more, the IL. It, it just got really complicated because Vigio is <laughs> going to be going to the IL with a sore neck. Yeah, so he's, he's if he's not, he's officially on the IL. He's going to the IL, but Robles is having an MRI that he had on his <laughs> ailing ankle, so he's not in health. Neck either. versus ankle here. <laughs> yes, but rest of season, these are guys that were, you know, definitely top 125 players in my mind. Mm-hmm. What do you think, dearie? Who would you rather have rest of year? There's more positional eligibility with Biggio. And yeah, Robles you know, could supposedly steal more. You know, it's interesting. Uh, like, Robles was a guy, like, where most people got him, it, it's, it seemed pretty safe. Um, obviously, he hasn't been able to do much. The guy doesn't offer much in power. He, he's got four stolen bases. I, I think the reason people got really excited about Robles is, was the opportunity for him to lead off, but that's not happening right now. Trey Turner's leading off because Robles has just not been able to show that he can produce enough at the top of that lineup. Kaven Biggi was a guy that I was really, really high on in like January. And then after having enough people on our podcast, like I, I jumped off that ship and wanted nothing to do with Kaven Biggio. So I got no shares of Biggio. Now, Obviously, what's great about Biggio, in an OBP league, Biggio is going to be nice because he does walk a lot. The batting average is sitting at 206 with a K percentage of 31%. So in order for him to like be a rosterable fantasy option moving forward, he's got to bring that K percentage down. A 111 ISO, 299 Babbitt, I guess that's okay, but but... Three home runs, 14 RBIs. I thought he was going to, or 11 RBIs. I thought he was going to be kind of near the top of the lineup and they've moved him down. turns out that Marcus Simeon is is the guy that you want between, you know, those two guys. I do like Biggio's, you know, the, 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 the way that he can play several positions. I think that really helps out. And it's probably Biggio for me. Obviously it's difficult because he's going on to the IL now, uh, but well, yeah, we're thinking rest of season, though. Big picture. Rest of season. I mean, he does have some speed to possibly get you double digits. I mean, he, he just needs to, to bring down that walk rate. And I, I think I could live with a batting average around 250, which is what he did last year. I mean, in, in 60 games last year, 41 runs, 28 RBIs, eight home runs, six stolen bases, 250 average. I could live with that. I think some people were jumping on him this year thinking that he was going to eclipse some of those numbers. It doesn't look like it's happening right now. Uh, but I, I think I'm going Biggio over Robles here. Yeah, I I really don't know what you do here. This is why we bring this shit up, though, because this is a difficult one. They're both struggling. There's injuries. But I think I would probably go... I think I'm going to go with Biggio here just because I like the lineup better. 
and he's got more options to play. It would also depend on what type of league is. If it's OBP, it's Biggio all day. If it's not OBP, if it's Roto, I might consider Robles a little bit more. So there's nuance. There's context to take. Robles' ankle, what we don't know about it, what's going to happen with him, it's all up in the air. So I think I'm going to take it just by a hair. Kevin Biggio. I'm doing it. I'm locking it in. Here we go. Locked in. Boom, boom. Well, that doesn't mean I think badly or any less of Mr. Victor Robles. He's still got that speed power potential. He's fast as hell. But I know, I think, was our guy Steve Guile was ripping on him a while back? Our friend of the show, Mr. Dave, Steve, Steven Guile. Steve Guile. Steve Guile. Hey, Steve Guile. How you been, I Dave? I don't, I don't know. I think we were, we were talking about Robles. I, I could be just, uh, you know, spitballing here, but I'll, I'll double check had, his old text. I think we had somebody on, and Steve was listening, and someone said that Robles had a chance to go like 25 25, and then maybe Steve said something. I don't know. Steve's texts between both of us in the thread are always so confusing to me because I, I just don't have the educational background to understand any of the English that he throws in there. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Come on. I'm you're dumb, silly. man. I'm stupid. Well, I mean, yeah, you're dumb, but you're not that dumb. <laughs> you're a human being. You're as dumb as I am. We could both converse and have conversations with each other. It's not like he's using a foreign language or anything like that. Uh, Come no, on. I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. All right, you want me to throw one at you? Yeah, you got one? Yeah, I got one. How about Freddie Peralta, starting pitcher for the Brewers, against Trevor Rogers, starting pitcher for the Marlins? Hmm. Peralta versus Rogers. That is a good one. That's a great one. Uh, Freddie Peralta is pitching this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds, the Red Legs. Trevor Rogers is somebody I don't have in any league anywhere, and I continue to be impressed by what he's done, but I am surprised. I didn't put myself in a position to really have him anywhere, and I looks, it looks like I may have made a mistake because we all know what the Marlins do with pitching. Their change-up ability, like everybody. They stress the change-up with everybody, right? And they get some pretty damn good results. On the year, he's got a 174 ERA, 65 strikeouts. Those are good numbers, are they not? His last start on Wednesday, seven and two-thirds of one run, five hits, two walks, struck out eight. Oh, boy. But then Peralta, on the other hand, has had some elite outings and has really opened the eyes of a lot of people who thought that he was probably just a reliever type, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, ah, he's he's probably a reliever. He can't hang as a starter. But his last outing against the Braves, six innings, one victory with no runs given up, eight Ks, a whip of 0.5. Overall in the season, a whip of 0.89 for Freddie Peralta. 0.89. 70 strikeout, 69 in 45 innings. Whew. This is tough, man. I yeah, think this, this is a tough one. I think if you're stuck with two guys like this, Peralta has the advantage of being around a bit longer we know his name a little bit more frequently if you're just on the surface of fantasy circles you know who freddie peralta is because he's been playing for a few years with the brew crew but i think i gotta go rogers by here just because i trust the marlins a little bit more with pitching but what about the brewers though they're starting to turn in some great i mean you got corbin burns brandon woodruff peralta it looks like they know what they're doing too 
Yeah, I mean, Freddie Peralta was a guy that I absolutely loved in Caper 9 leagues, but I never thought he would get a chance to start. I thought he was going to be kind of the swingman, get three, four innings in the middle. And from the beginning, he's been starting. And he's been up with the big club for four years. He's still really young. He's still only 24 years old. He came up when he was 20. You know, 78 innings, 85 innings, 29 innings. And the, the issue that he always had was, you know, he had, he had walk problems and he had control problems, but he's got electric stuff. He's got a 13.80 K per nine. And he had a really nice season last year. It was just a few kind of hiccups in the road, but he struck out a ton of guys last year. And I think he has struck out seven or more in every single game. He's had one really you know rough game. He did give up five runs. I like this guy a lot. I do have shares of both of these guys. Now, Rodgers, you know, he first came up last year, uh, a rough ERA, but we all know what last year was because he did show the ability to strike guys out. But he also had the, you know, the issue that Peralta had where he was walking a lot of guys last year. He's been able to control some of that. This one's really, really hard. Like, it's just like, can both of these guys continue it? I think maybe Rodgers comes back to earth a little bit. But it doesn't mean he's going to end up with like a five ERA. I mean, through fifty-one innings, one point seven four. I don't think that's that's fake at all. I think it's certainly real. He's not giving up home runs, which is really really nice. Oh god, this one's tough. Like their numbers are so similar. Uh, I'm going one year younger. Yeah, man, they're so similar. I'm going to go with Freddie Peralta. Yeah, I, I think like, I am I too. Like, that's my I, final answer. I like both guys a lot. That's why I put them both in there. And they're against each other. The two guys that were kind of afterthoughts at the start of the season. You're looking at Rodgers as kind of like their number five. Everyone thought Sixto Sanchez was going to make the roster. Obviously, he didn't because he had some injury issues in spring training. And, you know, Freddie Peralta ends up in the rotation. We'll see. I don't know if these guys are going to be able to go like 150, 160 innings. But if you're getting ratios like this that they're giving you right now, I mean, you know, Milwaukee's going to be in the race. I wouldn't count the Marlins out at all, especially with the way that division's playing. So I think both these guys really have the opportunity to be very, very good fantasy assets over the next three months. Yeah, I'm going Peralta. That's my final answer. I just thought about it, looking deeper, thinking it over. He's made improvements. Even though the walk per nine is still up, he hasn't really reduced that too much. It's still at 38 his career, 4.09. So it's a mm-hmm. reduction, but the last two years was 3.68392. So he's not really off his typical walks per nine. Um, I think some of the changes he's made, you might think they're luck induced because there's a big increase in LOB percentage and the home runs per fly ball have kind of gone down from his career norm, but not too far off. I, I don't know. This is wild stuff, but I'm going Peralta. I'm sticking there. I wouldn't blame anybody for taking either one of these dudes. Well, I think the, the good news with Peralta, sure, he's had some games where he's walked some guys, but let's see, one, two, three, four. four, the, four he's had four starts where he's only walked one guy, another start where he only walked two. Like You can live with that. He's not had a game where he's walked like five or six guys, which happened a bunch last year. Great call. That was a really good one, Deary. That was probably the best one yet. Uh, what about this one? Now, this one's on a smaller level, but all of these things matter because you guys are making roster decisions all over baseball. We talked about Tyler Stevenson a few minutes back here in the show. Tyler Stevenson or Dalton Varsho? Both of these guys are up-and-coming catchers, but they're both struggling they're to get catching. playing time. And they're not catching. That's funny, too. Yes, it is weird. I didn't think about that. <laughs> we got a guy playing first and a guy playing outfield. That's pretty wild. Genius, genius, genius. But yes, Varsho or Stevenson? Stevenson's got more power. Varsho's supposed to be able to steal, make better contact. 
what do you think here? God, this is interesting. So Varsho has only played twice in the last five days. He did start at catcher tonight and batted eighth and also started at catcher on Tuesday. Like, I, I would really love, we talked about this guy last week, I would really love to have him get some action out in the outfield, especially with that opportunity that he could steal some bases. Um, I just don't know if there's going to be a spot out there for him unless, you know, there's there's an injury. Somehow Josh Reddick is up right now for the Diamondbacks. This doesn't make much sense to me. He was just in AAA, and they just brought him up. Um, yeah, like, come on, Josh Reddick. Like, let's give Dalton Varsho some love here. Now, the encouraging thing that huh. we just talked about with Tyler Stevenson is the fact he's batting third and playing first base right now for the Reds. So, I mean, you're not going to get – you know, stolen bases. I mean, that's the thing with Varsho. Everybody likes Varsho, and they were, you know, high on him in the offseason coming in because of the, that opportunity to steal bases, which is great. Uh, Tyler Stevenson has been able to hit for average, shown a little bit of power, and I love that lineup in Cincinnati. I mean, they've been able to score over 10 runs a game several times this year. Oh, man, this one's so tough. Oh, this one's tough. I guess it's probably Stevenson for me because I've seen a little bit more from him. But I think Varsho is really a wild card. He just needs the opportunities. I mean, last year, what did he have here? He played in 37 games, 115 plate appearances. What batted 188? But I mean, in the minors, let's see, in the minors here, his double A in 2019 was really nice. 18 home runs, 85 runs, 21 stolen bases, batted 301. Looked really good. Didn't strike out a lot. Like they just got to give this guy some playing time. So like. Maybe he Varsho might be the sneaky pick here. I'm not going to go out, out on a limb and take him. I'm going to go with Stevenson, but I I really think if Varsho can get some consistent playing time, like he's going to have the chance to like be somewhat of a five cat guy. We just haven't seen it yet. Like we're just waiting to see it. So Diamondbacks, please give this guy the opportunity so us fantasy owners can figure out what the fuck is going on. Don't be that guy. Uh. I think Stevenson's easy call here. I don't understand what some of these teams are doing with their young players. I know the Miners were gone last year in the Bozo season, but last year is long gone. We've got the Miners back now. It's here, ready for us. And you got Varsho just kind of floating in the wind here. You look at his playing log. It's just stupid. It's really annoying. I started him in a weekly league this week because he had seven games, and Carson Kelly went to the IL. So they lost their starting catcher. They've got other injuries, too, with... As Drupal Cabrera and Christian Walker. But then you're like, you said they're pulling up guys like Josh Reddick to play. Like they think they have a shot in this division. They're not even, they have the no shot in this division. The division is over. Yes. It's in over. Fact, with the Giants playing as well as they're playing, the division is over. Yes, it is over. You got three teams in there that some three of the best teams in baseball right now, not just in your division. So, you know, you think that you're going to come in well, there. there you. We came to wreck everything. And ruin mm. your life. <laughs> Not going to happen. Not this year, D-backs. So get rid of the over-the-hill bozo crew and start playing Dalton Varsho every day, you morons. I mean, come on. It just doesn't make sense. You're not being realistic, and you're not being fair and proper when it comes to respecting player development here. The D-backs are failing their fans. They're failing their players, and they're failing themselves as an organization. It's a complete and total debacle. And I'm pissed about it now. I'm starting to put them in Rocky's territory. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't let me do that to you because I'll do it. I will do it. I'm not kidding. Having said that, seven games this week, 
He sat for a couple with the Dodgers for no particular reason. I don't know why. He sat three of the four. It's so dumb. Yeah. Why, why is he on your roster? Put him, down, put him down in the minors and give him more chance to develop and get consistent at bats. You're just wasting his time right now. And you're wasting our time, to be honest. <laughs> Whoopsie, Daisy. I'm just pissed that I overpaid for him in way too many leagues yeah. on fab bids, and I've been stuck with them, and I can't get up. I can't give up now because I'm stuck there. So they have me stuck. The guy has a seven-game week, only ends up playing like two or three times, and he's healthy. That's stupid. That's bad development, though. Even if I'm bitter about my situation, right? It's just like you just said it. You just said it, dearie. You explained my point. So there it is. Uh, do you got one more? Yeah, let's uh, head on over to the bullpen, and let's go Alex Reyes. Mm. Of the St. Louis Cardner, Card, Card, Cardinals. The Cardinals. Hey, come on out. Cardinals are playing tonight, lad. It'll be a good Would one. Would you Woo-hoo! rather have him and his. Would you rather have him with his .39 ERA or Matt Barnes, who has kind of come back to earth a little bit here in the last week? He's blown a couple saves and his ERA is up to 2.53. Matt Barnes has 10 saves right now. Alex Reyes has 13. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season? Well, this one I know, I know what I'm talking about because Steve Guile, who I referenced earlier with Victor Robles, definitely talked about Matt Barnes when we had Aaron Pags on. Maybe somebody before that, even earlier in the season, we were talking about Matt Barnes' impending doom and starting to happen a little bit. Not fully, but Shohei Otani got to him once. So is that so bad? I mean, we're talking about the MVP of the league. Otherwise, no blown saves recently, right? That was the only reason. I remember that outing. That was... Mm-hmm. On May 16th, last Sunday, Shohei Otani hit a go-ahead two-run bomb. That'll happen. So even though skeptics like Steve are saying, hey, he's the same guy he always was. Nothing's changed in the peripherals or anywhere, really. So I think I'm probably going to go with Reyes. As long as Reyes is healthy, he's showing why we waited so long. We all salivated. And we were all you know, dying for the moment that he could be healthy and give us this Beautiful season that he has released upon the world at good old So you're going with Reyes? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going with Barnes you here. Just, and it's what? Not, I think what Reyes is doing right now is fake. <gasps> I think it's 100% fake. He has a .39 ERA. Have you looked at his walks per nine? Uh, yeah, right 7.83. He's a 96.6% left on base percentage. This guy's getting mm. really, really lucky. He's not given up a home run yet. I mean, he he's given up what two runs. It's been amazing. Now he is striking guys out, which looks really good. 12.13. That's nice. Matt Barnes is at 16. Matt Barnes has only walked four guys this year. Alex race has walked over 20 guys so far this year to 31 strikeouts. So his whip is 1.26. Barnes's whip is 0.56 because he's only walked four guys so far. Barnes is one and one, 10 saves. Reyes, two and oh, real nice, 13 saves. I don't know if this is going to be able to last for Reyes. If, if he can, if he continues to miss the plate like he is and continues to get really lucky by leaving this many guys on base, then sure, it's going to continue. But I don't think it's going to continue. I had to look really deeper into these peripherals. So I think Reyes may actually be somewhat of a fraud right now. Now, I know he has the talent to do it but looking deep in, deeper into these numbers i think he's gotten a little luckier and i like what barnes has done so i'm taking matt barnes here 
That is just stunning, stunning news. I cannot believe that, but I respect it because the case you just laid out makes total sense. So, hey, why not? Let's give it up for Matt Barnes. If race fails, though, and (laughs) based on the case you're making here, it does (laughs) seem like there could be some bad times ahead for him. But he's also, he just doesn't give up contact regardless. It's either like, you know, you walk the guy, you walk somebody, or he strikes them out. Right? There's not really been an in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I don't know if, if nobody ever makes contact ever. Then I guess <laughs> that's it's not that good bad. News. Yeah, I don't care if he walks all these guys. He's gonna have kind of a weird looking whip because he's not gonna give up any runs, but he's gonna walk into the guys. <laughs> right? But that's that's a dangerous way to live as a closer. We all know that. We don't want to be putting guys on base when we're trying to limit and shut the door. Uh okay. Matt Barnes, though, if he slips. He's going to slip, and people are going to say, they told you so? But, Deary, I want you to come back at him and say, hey, it wasn't that obvious because his numbers and everything you just laid out in that case was fantastic. Well done, sir. Well done. Kudos to Deary on that. Thank you. Yeah, but Queen Bono, who benefits? If Reyes starts to falter, though, I think Gallegos is the guy who you would want to pick up there or have on your team anyways because if you look at his stats, deeper, peripherals, surfacey, Gallegos is being pretty consistent with what he does. He's not as... Powerful, a strikeout guy, but he can limit the contact, doesn't walk a lot of guys, and uh, I like what he brings to the table. And Jordan Hicks is out the door. You know, he's got injury issues. We don't know that we can count on Jordan Hicks. Even when he was playing, he wasn't that great right now. He's got a ways to go. He's trying to come back from a big-time injury. Gallegos has been really nice in holds league, especially with Reyes being able to shut stuff down. Gallegos, like you said, he doesn't walk people. He's been able to shut people down in the eighth. So, I mean, if Reyes does start to falter, I think they have a serviceable guy to take over. So, Quibono, Quibono. You're listening to the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. I already told you about Crosby Spencer's Sprint Speed article. It's going to be badass. You're going to love it. Don't miss out on it at rotofanatic.com. There's also the Turn 2 Podcast. Matt Williams does every week. Please follow the Turn 2 Pod. It's a great podcast. Matt is an analytical dude. Also works over at NBC Sports Edge. Used to be called Roto World. And then they decided to turn it into NBC Sports Edge. I don't know why, but hey, I don't work there. So who gives a shit? Please follow rotofanatic.com. This is not about NBC. It's about rotofanatic.com. Paul Mamino's article about Eduardo Rodriguez is also fantastic. Check that out. Every Thursday, he does the GPS report which is a pitch location report, dives into where a pitcher's throwing the ball, how players are reacting to that. What's the WOBA on certain pitch counts? Is there better days ahead or is he full of shit? That's what Paul does every time he sits down and writes his weekly GPS report. This one's on Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox. I think you should read it because if you want to get better and you want to win your league, you're going to need all the information you can get. All right, well, this is what we kind of sold for this podcast is this one right here. <laughs> Who's the next Miguel Sano? Now, you're probably saying to yourself, I don't want to be Miguel Sano. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't like Miguel Sano as a person. I've heard he's a bad guy, but I don't know him personally, so I'm going to reserve judgment on all of that shit. All I do know, dearie, is Miguel Sano's kicking ass this week. And right now, there's somebody on the waiver wire. There's somebody sitting there who's going to break out, who's going to bust out. They can't. They either haven't got the chance or they just can't be this bad. And with this segment, I'm trying to focus on guys that we know we used to be able to count on. They're just not this bad. So that's what we're kind of looking at. We're not just looking at anybody who could suddenly get hot. We're trying to look Mm -hmm. at people who are name players who've been kind of left for dead in this really 
negative offensive season so far. Sounds good. All right. Give me somebody. Let's do it. Uh, let's go with Kyle Hendricks. Since or Chicago Cubs starting pitcher, this guy has been absolutely putrid to start the season off. In his first five starts, he gave up. Let's see here. He gave up 10 home runs in his first five starts. Uh, was not striking out too many guys. He was walking people. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is a guy who throws who throws 80 pitches and will throw a complete game, but he just got absolutely torched his first five or six starts. Gave up seven runs twice, once to the Braves, and once to the Braves again as I'm looking at the game log here. Now, oh. I think Kyle Hendricks is going to turn it around. In his last three starts, he's been pretty good. Eight strikeouts, three strikeouts, six strikeouts, but he hasn't been giving up home runs. In his last three starts, only one home run given up. Now, he's given up six runs, and he's been giving up some hits, but he's starting to keep the ball down in the zone. He's 2-1 and one in those last three starts. It can't be any worse than it's been so far for him. This is a guy who consistently over the years has been able to work low in the zone. Not going to blow you away with fastballs, but he's going to be able to get a ton of ground balls. He's got a, one of the best defenses defensive infields in the National League with the Cubs. I think he starts to turn it around now. He had a really nice start against the Tigers uh, last week with his eight strikeouts. I think he starts to get it turned around here, and I think he's a guy that I think you can go out and get really, really cheap right now, and he could be a nice number three for you for the rest of the season. Wow! How about that, folks? Oh, doctor! What did, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? Uh, uh, just, just I, I think you did, didn't you? <laughs> You know what? Kyle Hendricks is rostered in a lot of leagues still, so this is interesting. I would assume this he's probably universally owned in 15-team leagues, but in 12 teams or less, yeah, I could see this as a guy who's probably on the waiver wire still because he's been really frustrating for you to own. And He had a great start against the Tigers <laughs> recently, but every time he seems to throw a good start, he still comes back with a shitty start, right? Yeah, it's been like one good start. Okay, start two really bad ones in a row. But his, over his last three, he's been okay. I had a really hard time finding guys that are free agents that I like believe in. I mean, there's a ton of guys. That are free <laughs> there are a ton of guys that are free agents that are like injured. But I had a hard time finding guys that are free agents. I was more looking at guys who were kind of top 200, 250 guys that are more like sitting at the 800 to 1,000 right now. Hmm. Yeah, this is definitely a challenge because there's not a Miguel Sano, you know, sitting on the waiver wire every day for you, ready to rock. But I'll give it my best shot. I think James McCann is somebody who, who could pull Miguel Sano. He could become relevant again and provide you with opportunity because right now the Mets are in hell. They've got roster disaster on their hands. He's going to play a lot in in this season where catchers are so difficult to get into your lineup five to seven days a week. It's impossible to find a catcher who plays seven days a week. And it's even almost impossible now to find a catcher who plays six days a week. So, James McCann's healthy. He's just played like shit. But he's better than his numbers would give you. No, he's not as good as the contract, in my opinion. You know, his former Tiger himself. Me and Deary, you know, we're Tigers guys. We know our Tigers, right? Go Tigers. And Go McCann wasn't that great here. He had some moments, but he kind of broke out a bit with the White Sox. But even what he did with the White Sox wasn't mind-blowing. I still have a hard time believing that he was an all-star. He was really an all-star. You know that? He had a great year. Batted over 300. Yeah. Uh, what year? Wait, he never, well, he's never batted over 300. 
was he was cool. maybe when he was an all-star at the time. His yeah. highest batting average was 289 last year. He hit 273 in 2019, okay. and that was in 476 plate appearances. Wrong. <laughs> but in the end, I don't think you put a lot of self at risk. Wrong. This is a low risk, easy call. McCann's going to play every day, and even though he is struggling, his numbers all look exactly the same on everything. In fact, what doesn't look normal is his ISO, which is .04. <laughs> what? How is that possible? .04. Like sneeze that. A weighted runs created plus of 52. .04. So this guy's not average. He's like the worst <laughs> player in baseball. Yeah. I can't believe that's going to continue. He doesn't have a career ISO that'll blow your mind. His career ISO is 0.14. So he's at least 100 down from his regular ISO. So that means there's going to be some production. There's a return to the average at the very least. So I think you should do yourself a favor and consider getting McCann now before it actually starts so you don't have to pay a price. If you're looking for a catcher replacement, I'm sure you are. We all got catcher issues, even though we've offered some nice catcher pieces on the show, like Stevenson and Varsho. I think those guys are inconsistent, though. And McCann, even if he sucks, he's consistent. I believe there's going to be better numbers. In fact, I see an excellent June on the horizon for James McCann. Book it. Dig it. Get in your mouse and get out of here. <laughs> Give me another one, Derek. Who's going to be the next Miguel Sano? I know it was tough. Oh, man. Are you scared? No, I got a list of guys, but I don't know who I want to go with. Well, um, you know, you can throw out a few examples, and I'll tell you, hey, go with that one. <laughs> All right, I got I got three guys here. I got – I don't want to do him. Okay, let's, go with, Dil- let's go with Dylan Bundy. Dylan! Now, now obviously, Bundy is probably still going to be owned in a lot of leagues, correct? Yeah, on uh, Yahoo, he's 76% owned. That's pretty high. But, you know, it's – that's see, like 25%. That's 25%. He's not owned. Well, I did see Merrill Kelly struck out nine guys last night. Do I want do I want to go with Merrill Kelly? No, did anyone did think... anyone did anyone ever believe in Merrill Kelly? Do you believe in Merrill Kelly? But you know no. you know who ended up like has started off as having an absolutely garbage season, and I don't think it's gonna turn around, which like we got like hot on him like two weeks before the season was Clint Frazier. I don't know if it's turning around for this guy. He finally gets the opportunity and he just poops, yeah. his, poops his diaper. I think there was an insane fantasy take on this show in the preseason about him breaking out with like 30 plus home runs. And I may have said it myself. So. Yeah, I think I said, I think he, I said 20. I think he's, I, no, I said, he, I think, no, here's what happened. You said he was going to lead the Yankees in home runs because Judge and Stanton were going to get hurt. Yeah, well, it was a fun one. It's a nice narrative. It sounds fun on paper, but you're right. That's completely wrong. And god-awful. But that's also the kind of guy, that's a good example. I mean, Clint Frazier could get hot. It's not over for him. And one of those guys is hurt. Stanton is hurt. So who's to say? He's 21% rostered on Yahoo right now. So that's he's readily available. He hasn't played since May 17th, though. He did hit a home run on Sunday. And that was his first home run in forever. So it doesn't look like he's healthy either. Nick's neck stiffness has him sitting out of the lineup. Uh, he either has to be put on the IL like tomorrow or he's got to start playing because he's missed the whole week. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Hick, Hicks is going to be out for a while. Like, it's oh, looking yeah. like they're going to need some outfield help. I mean, Brett Gardner's starting every day in center field now. So dumb. Stanton's so dumb down. that it came to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about uh, What about these guys? What about... 
Herman Marquez. Could he turn around? No. Oh no, it's on. it's the same issue that he always has. Like he just he walks too many guys and gets in trouble. So he this is why he ends up with these ridiculous ERAs, like in like that's like five and a half. I think he's been pretty decent since that uh, meltdown against San Francisco on May 4th. He did that last year where he gave up like 10 runs. I think he was pitching tonight. How's he doing? Hey, Herman, how you doing? He's pitching good. Look at this. Seven Ks. That's what I'm saying. 77 strikeouts. If you look at his last three starts. I could take a flyer on him. But you're not going to. We want to put him in Miguel Sano territory. I'll give you you a guy that... uh, I've been thinking about. I thought about this list a lot. This is a difficult list to put together, mind you. I'm not just looking for people to it pick really up the is. pace. We're it looking really for is. named players who are going to come back from the dead, and that's <laughs> that's hard to do. First off, it's not an easy thing to yeah, do. It's difficult. But I think uh, Adam Eaton's getting shit on here a little bit, and he's getting Larusid, and there's really no reason for him to be Larusid. I know that Adam Eaton isn't everyone's favorite player. And people say that I'm way too biased to Adam Eaton, but he's 20% rostered on Yahoo. So he's definitely available. He can score runs. He's been a part of this lineup in the upper half of it. Every time he plays, he usually hits, you know, two, three, might hit five, but he's always in the upper part of this lineup. So sooner or later, someone's going to get through their damn head that, hey, Adam Eaton is a guy who won a World Series and he's been a reliable player when he's healthy for many, many seasons. And with all the injuries the White Sox have had, they've had to resort to Billy Hamilton and Bozo the Clown to fill in in center field. <laughs> I think that Adam Eaton is a guy that you could take a flyer on now and say, hey, this guy's going to start producing more and more because he needs to play more. And he's capable of doing all of that. There's actually nothing he can't do in his profile. He's not going to hit 30 home runs, but he can hit some bombs. He's got some pop. So I'm saying, you know what? Let's go for it. Adam Eaton. He's going to turn it around. He's going to pull us a no here in the next week or two, and the White Sox are going to be grateful that they put him in the lineup every day. You know, Adam Eaton had a really, really nice start to the season, and up until probably the last week of April, he was probably rostered in like maybe 75% of leagues. I had him all over the place because he was batting second for them, and as soon as all those injuries happened, you knew that he was going to be healthy and he was going to get all the at-bats at the top of the order. Yeah. But then looking at his last 30 days, he's betting 164, one home run, nine RBIs, no stolen bases, 22 oh. strikeouts. Like he's just going through a lull. But Adam Eaton is a guy like he's been a consistent contributor over the years when he is healthy. Like he can give you a little bit of speed. He can give you maybe six, seven bags. He can put it over the fence. He's hit double digit home runs before. He, he's really, really good on the bases going first to third. He's a good defensive outfielder. Like, he's a good left-handed bat. He's just kind of going through some lulls right now. 25% strikeout per- percentage. That is not true at all. Like, he is a 17% guy over his career. So, I got to believe he's just going through the lulls right now of, of you know, a difficult month. And I think he starts to, to, to come around and get it together. The problem is, is like, he's like you said, he's getting Larusid now. Like he's not getting as many at bats, which I don't understand because this guy's a veteran and they're like, sitting he, him against lefties. Always. That's what it is. Like they don't even consider it. It's like, Oh, he's a left. This guy's 32 years old. He's not a rookie. Yeah. It's like, I don't you're, know if it's coming down from the front office. They're getting too cute and they're playing Lurie Garcia. Yes. What's happening? I'd rather have Ant Meaton go against the lefty than any of the other options they have. Larry Gar- Gar- Garcia's 30 years old. <laughs> uh, 
I just trust Adam Eaton's just a, he's just a player. He's just a game. He's just a gamer and he can offer some fantasy value when healthy and he can, he can get on these hot streaks, especially if he's at the top of the order. So there's no way that prediction about a hundred runs scored that I said in preseason is going to happen now if he doesn't play every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sick of him. They're sitting him every other day. It's way too much. What? Sitting on ass. It's too much of it. He's sitting <laughs> yeah. on his ass. It's not fun anymore. Come on. You're ruining the day. Uh, I don't know what this means, Brian, but he says Amazing Eaton is with Giolito. Amazing Eaton is with Giolito. You know what that means? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh. D- D- Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick has played three out of the last yeah, three days. Yeah, Mendick! Fucking Mendick! Woo! I love Yo. rumors. Larusa, we have fantasy teams that we are trying to win championships with right now. Yeah, you're, you're old, this old school shit is not working with Yerman Mercedes, and it's not working with our fantasy teams either. So it's time to go, bud. Yeah, you're a real dick, man. Come on, what a disrespectful asshole. All right, so uh, I, you know this was a tough segment. We tried to stay true to the segment because we could give you any name out there but i wanted to give guys that are names so that probably means they're veterans likely like eaton and that's what miguel sano is he's a veteran at this point but jay's mccann i had i had had mccann on my list that Um, makes me happy though i had jordan montgomery on my list he pitched tonight too and i think he pitched pretty well hmm um Ryan Yarborough, I think he's gonna turn it around. Yeah, he was on my list too, Ryan Yarborough. Yeah. But a lot of these seem yeah, a lot of these other open. guys are like hundred percent rostered though. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Finding that sweet spot where a guy's available. I I take a look at David Dahl and I've thought about it. I considered it. David Dahl is fifty three percent owned on NFBC leagues. Um he's hit a couple homers recently, but not too great overall. I think this is a guy I would throw in this bucket of names for this segment. For you to consider, but you know, I don't. If he's not a course field, I think that might he might not really be a power hitter all that much at all. If you're expecting 20 home runs from him, like he used to do a good old fashioned course, or he could have done if he was healthy, course, I wouldn't expect it. I just wouldn't expect that. Yeah. But he can hit for average. He's better than a 224 hitter, guys. So I'm gonna throw it out there. I think David Dahl's got a run in him. That Sano esque run that could happen soon. That's another name to consider. How about? And, how about Miguel Sano? Yeah, is Miguel he, Sano. Is, can we play that name in this game? Well, yeah, we're going to pick him up. You going to pick him up? No. You're not. I probably should. All my teams suck. Well, not all of them. Just the ones. <laughs> the, what the, are you the, waiting for, then? The, the teams I care about the most. I'm trying to get some trades working, man, but everyone's being stubborn. Yeah, well, you can't force people to trade. That's not cool. You must well, have their th- consent and approval. They think I'm trying to fleece them. They're like, oh, no, man, you you know something. I'm like, I don't know anything you don't know. I just have opinions. Yep. <laughs> and you have opinions, too. It's just whether or not you believe in your own opinions. Well, the worst thing ever happened to you was starting to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I just do this podcast but not play fantasy anymore. That actually might Thank be you. More Brian fun. verified his comment, by the way, that okay. Eaton was in the trade package for G. Lito. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah, right on. They traded Eaton to the Nats for G. Lito. Eaton won a World Series and came back, and now he plays with G. Lito. Very cool. Thank you, Brian. Boring comment. I take full responsibility. <laughs> uh, it wasn't boring. I just a little unsure. I could not infer what you meant. So. Infer. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, you know, we can wrap up the show. Luis Urias now. 
his value was already kind of shitty because he wasn't playing that well. With Willie Adamas here, is that just like a total dump? You have no interest in him, even if it was we're talking fifteen team leagues. I'm talking deeper leagues. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably over for him. But they traded <laughs> They don't know what the I don't know what's going on with Milwaukee and their 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 infield here. They traded Trent Grisham to get Louis Arias in a deal. I mean, that was I know. I know that Grisham had the bogus error in the playoffs, but you don't just you don't trade a guy like that for nothing, even if you think his mental health could be damaged by that event. You still wanted to get return value, and Luis Arias is a top prospect. So I, I can't. What's the rush here? What's the panic? Yeah, I mean, you know I, what I mean. I, I, I hope for dynasty sake, if you own Luis Arias or you're the Brewers, that you you just send him down at this point because like he's going to lose some at bats, and the, this guy who's 23 years old, like. I don't think it's helpful for him to be playing every other day. I mean, Colton Wong obviously is going to get all the reps over at second. What's going to happen with Keston Hira now? I mean, now it seems like this infield is going to be super packed. Well, the way injuries have been going, they're probably assuming there'll be 10,000 more injuries. So you might as well have a million guys on your roster. Yeah. Right? But Urias did hit a home run. Uh, he hit a triple tonight. So that's hmm. fun, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe Travis Shaw ends up losing out reps at third base. Oh, they also have Vogel. Like, wait a minute. Shaw needs to play first. What's Dan Vogelbach doing this year? Is he is he worth anything? No. He okay. Didn't do so, anything. so then get rid of him. Oh yeah, he's betting two oh seven. Oh, but he's well, walking. He's got lot. three home runs and ninety two at bats. This is a weird team. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like any of the names on this team. I like this team, but not any of the players. Like, I think I just Vogel- like their. Lo- I like their. I like their logo. <laughs> Vogelback has played like almost every day over the last 10 days. Yeah. He's pinch hit a few times and then played after that, but he's started one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight starts here over the last 10 to 12 days. So Tra- Travis Shaw isn't doing anything either. Man, this team's really like it, it, it's amazing. Like they're without Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns, this team would be in the dumper right now. Well, that's why when they were 17 and 10, I was like, what? This team's 17 and 10? No way. And then of course they went on to this. Where they are now, they've lost like a shitload of games over their last 15. Yeah, because they can't score. Travis Shaw is not in a home run in forever. It's possible <laughs> he hasn't in a home run this month. So the power right. outage is here. Uh, oh Somebody's got to go, but I don't think Louis Urias has got to go. So actually, now that we're talking about it, fleshing it out, I'm glad I brought this up. Louis Urias is one of their focal points. He deserves playing time. Dan Vogelbach, yeah, Travis Shaw, these guys don't deserve playing time. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope they do the right thing. I, also, I also, like, Volkovac, um, is Urias a switch hitter? That's a good question. I'm not sure. No, like he's, he... a right, he's a right-handed hitter. Okay. Um, Sean Volkovac are lefties. Yeah, I know that. Uh, mm, weird yeah. team. Okay, weird team. There it is. It's the Weird Team Show on the Hands Regal Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hope you learned something today. We had a real bozo, a great show last time with Alex Fast. We talked about all kinds of dumb shit, and it was worth every second of it. And I say dumb shit in the most loving way possible. It was a great show. This one, we hope to get back to the basics and talk more fantasy baseball, and I think we accomplished that. Sound, sound show. If you have any questions or concerns, make sure to hit us up, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast on Twitter. That's always with two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. He's C. Deary, nineteen ninety nine. Follow him, Deary, as in dearly beloved, not the hoofed antlered bozo animal. I am M. J. Govier, G. O. V. is in Victor I. E. R. 
We'll be back Sunday for the fabulous Fab Show. Dear, you got any fun plans the rest of this weekend? There's like people at my house right now. What? Ooh. It's like uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of people in my backyard with uh, hanging out with my wife. So I'm, I'm gonna go restaurant s- pe- old restaurant people. I'm sneak, yeah, all people that used to work in restaurants and none of them do anymore. <laughs> I, that's yeah. what I. That's what I imagine. I think they all went up to the old establishment tonight for the first time since they all uh, left. Oh, well, go ahead, go live your life. All right, there it is. We hey, wish Gary well, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Bye. To be something you're not I know now my pick was away Build me up, build me up But a cup this pick's a disgrace Right, lads Now I know there's not a faint heart among you And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap That will test our nerve And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. (laughs) You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.